SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Friday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Welcome to the second hour of TMA on the Spiz Grizz and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for tuning in on this Friday, listening on Sirius XM or watching all across the SportsGrid network. We set you up for what we hope will be a very profitable weekend. We go around college basketball, a look into the NBA, maybe even get ahead of the madness only a couple days left in february before the month of march begins on tuesday a huge weekend in college basketball the association is back in action a debut for james harden tonight in minnesota for the philadelphia 76ers there's so much good happening in the sports landscape right now the only thing that's bad is baseball because still with spring training delayed in the regular season and cancellations looming large by the time we get after the weekend and to Monday, Major League Baseball is in a bad, bad spot right now. And there only seems to be pessimism at the moment. The sides continue to meet down in Jupiter, Florida. On behalf of the MLBPA and the players, meeting with the owners in Major League Baseball's representation as well. They keep meeting each and every day, maybe multiple times a day, to try to broker a deal. Things like the collective bargaining tax, the CBT, or the pre-arbitration pool, or free agency, or the draft. There is so much to get done in what only seems to be about three days left to do so. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because the deadline set in place by the owners for Monday, February 28th, is coming very, very quickly. And that deadline was set as a way to say, if we don't meet this deadline and a new deal is not done, then regular season games may be in danger, may be canceled, and might not be rescheduled. We'll see how formidable a threat that is. But as we continue to get reports about what is happening down in Florida, it was another day of meetings yesterday and they were done rather quickly and the progress as you are seeing here from ESPN's Jeff Passan was minimal there are now just three days left Jeff for Major League Baseball and the MLBPA to get a new labor deal or regular season games are going to be canceled there have been four days of movement with very little movement and now only three days left it's been incremental there has been some negotiating there has been the sides agreeing to small bits and pieces but the cbt the collective bargaining tax which acts in essence as our mlb insider craig mish spelled out yesterday as a pseudo salary cap in major league baseball still hasn't really even been discussed and that might be the biggest thing standing in the way so Baseball right now seems to be in a bad spot. And as we are seeing here from Evan Drellich, a Major League Baseball writer for The Athletic, they plan to meet again today. This would be the fifth straight day of meetings. But Major League Baseball did not react well yesterday to the players' proposal. Like three preceding days that we have seen now in these meetings, really no substantiated progress. And that's the issue is that we're working towards something, but it's been incremental. There's been very little ground given up on both sides. So whether you're mad at the owners or you're mad at the players, however you feel, there hasn't been enough meeting of the minds in the middle. And 
we are so close to regular season games being canceled. Regular season games. I know it's hard to fathom, but the regular season in baseball is scheduled to begin on March 31st. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here in the second hour of TMA on this Friday. Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid Network, our terrestrial radio affiliates live in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So, Major League Baseball and the MLBPA will meet again today in Florida for a fifth straight day. Hopefully, we see some progress entering the weekend because that deadline of Monday for when regular season games might indeed be canceled looms very, very large at the moment. And by all reports out of Florida from the best baseball minds covering this MLB lockout, the progress, well, it really hasn't been all that much. It's been incremental steps of each group giving up a little bit, but not enough left on the negotiating table right now we will have our sports professor rick horo who is a lawyer and would love to be involved in these negotiations coming up to give us his take on what is happening with the major league baseball lockout so at a certain point one of these days we will go to the FanDuel sportsbook and we will look at the world series odds and we will look at the odds to win the national league pennant in the american league pennant and we will find you some value and we will discuss why the chicago white Sox team win total and why their positioning in the american league central makes the most sense for them to have a run to the al pennant with a great core of young players and some of the best bats in the game in tim anderson in some of the best young arms in the game as well with lucas giolito and with other people that they have on their team like carlos rodon who was incredible last year one of those days we will do that but right now it just seems very, very difficult. Let's look at the World Series odds anyway and try to garner our own optimism in our hearts here on this Friday. The Dodgers are a very short favorite, over $4 of a favorite, or exactly $4 of a shorter price at plus 600 than that of the Houston Astros at 10 to 1. The Chicago White Sox, who I just mentioned, at 11 to 1, as are the New York Mets at 11 to 1 as well. The Blue Jays are a team that many people tell you will present tons of value both in the World Series market and in the AL pennant at 12 to 1 tied with the Yankees and then behind them the Atlanta Braves, the reigning World Series champions at plus 1400. Once the lockout is over, it will be a free agency frenzy and this market will move once again. We look forward to that day. Baseball, get it done. Hope springs eternal. I hope here on the morning after. More to come next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, but I'm just Ben. I'm no Rick Horo, our sports professor, joining us here on a Friday on the morning after. Rick, it is great to have you here on a Friday. What outside of tennis do you have on the docket this weekend? Well, first of all, that's my new nickname for you, IJB. I'm just Ben. That that's that describes everything to a T. That is just perfect, ladies and gentlemen. Well, after after this, which we'll talk quickly, get over with quickly, I do have some tennis, and then I'm going to the Honda Classic. 
Uh, and I've got a Honda Classic dinner and then another Honda Classic tomorrow in the Ambassador Suite where they serve shrimp, mm. by the way. You don't want to mm. know, but it's shrimp and little, 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 little crab. And then, yeah, there it is. And then Sunday, I'm torn between um, I've got a Johns Hopkins uh, Foundation golf tournament over on the other side of the state, concession. Remember, they played the WGC there last year. That's a great course. And I'll watch the, uh, the end of the Honda Classic uh, on TV. What are you doing? Ham sandwich at McDonald's. Uh, what else are you doing, pal? The haves and the have-nots here, I guess, on the morning after. You know why Rick can do all these things? It's because he is a lawyer, an esquire of sorts. So, Rick, as we discuss actual things happening in the sports world, we were just discussing the Major League Baseball lockout, and we are looming with a deadline looking very, very ominous at the moment that by Monday, if no deal is in place between the MLBPA and the league and its owners we might miss regular season games what is the latest in your opinion of where the mlb lockout stands i'm afraid that roger dean stadium where they're holding those talks have more chance of being a conference center than a home of actual spring training games in the short term now that impacts florida and that impacts arizona clearly my sense is there are three issues, but they're not threshold issues. The player minimum salaries, they're apart, but they're inching up. The bonus pool pre-arbitration, that doesn't affect everybody. They're apart, they're inching up slowly. The biggest issue, by the way, which is not on the table as everybody talks about it, but the minimum salary requirements, minimum payroll for teams that frankly haven't paid from a player's perspective their fair share mm. and they get money back to the central from the central fund now. The Rays beat the heck out of that theory because they don't spend a lot of money, but yet they're on the top every year. But if you constrict the number of teams who are in the bidding for people, then the salaries aren't as high, say, the players. So that's a big issue. Now, the bottom line is there will be some games that will not be played, most probably, if they don't get the deal done over the weekend. Which are those games? Those are the games after the opening game that can slide to whenever it starts. But remember, in the tundra, in the cold weather cities, including Yankee Stadium and Fenway and all those, opening game is a heritage. It's a tradition. Everybody does it. But games yeah. two through nine, you know, uh, low attendance because uh, it's cold. Nobody wants to go. So at the end of the day, if you end up having 152 games and you cut 10, it's uh, I don't want to say it this way because we all love baseball and we all love true statistics at the end of the year, but it is not the end of the world. I mean, we can't all be in Florida playing tennis on our Friday afternoon. Some of us are dealing with ice and rain falling from the sky out here in the Northeast. So, Rick, I do want to ask you about that revenue standpoint, though, because in 2020, Major League Baseball only had a 60-game sprint of a regular season. Last year, we had some games affected by the COVID pandemic as well. So, from a revenue standpoint, even missing 10, 12, 15 regular season games, where does that leave Major League Baseball? Well, then you have to rethink how you approach the standard TV uh, year-to-year deals because the TV folks will argue that's, uh, you know, 1060 seconds of games that you're not playing. Got to deal with concessions and parking. It's not as big as if it's a sellout, but it's there. So you spread that out over time. You cut your losses. And both sides say it's worth it if our economic deal coming out of these negotiations bring us more money and it makes up for it. And so, you know, I told you 
uh, for this segment. This is really important. Three words. Bet the Cubs. They're the World Series favorite. I don't know what your graphic says. I don't care about your graphic. Bet the Cubs. <laughs> oh, that was, four years ago. that was four years are you a, ago. I'm sorry. Are you a Cubs fan? Of all no, things? Of all the places? Yeah. I, I have Cubs stuff you- here that Cardano made me take down because I needed to be neutral. But, yeah, I, I mean, my, 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 my mom's side grew up in Chicago. So, you know, I went to Northwestern undergrad, and it was part of my 106-year tradition of not doing it. But that tears to my eyes, my dog's eyes, everybody's eyes, that final out in Cleveland, by the way. But we thought, like the old Dolphins, they would win every year. Uh, ain't happening. <laughs> Sorry, no, ain't happening. It is certainly no. 150 <laughs> to 1 right now. So some big plus yeah. money prices for you, Rick, to maybe invest Thank in a new you. tennis racket as well. It. Are you jealous yeah. that Thank you me. are not in those conference rooms brokering this deal between Major League Baseball and the Players Association? I feel like they could use your expertise to break through this wall and get a deal done. Well, they need insiders to go back and forth, quite clearly. I'm not the guy. Uh, most mm. uh, reason is because uh, I've got very specific people I've got to follow with the Honda today, and it's not going to affect my uh, my timetable, okay? I'm just giving you my priorities for the day, pal. You don't like it? Talk to Rob Manfred. I'm sorry. I mean, listen, you do whatever you want to do. Where in the world is Rick Horo? I guess we'll find out later today. But, Rick, also outside of Major League Baseball, we have seen sports wagering become legal and more legal in many, many states around the country. We got some news that the Cavaliers have agreed to a deal with a sports book to put a sports book inside their own arena. Not long ago here in New York State, online sports wagering became legal are there any plans to have a sports book inside say madison square garden or the barclays center or up even in buffalo or places like that yeah well uh remember a few months ago when we were talking about the deployment of the new york assets first you're going to have the nine partners come in generate as much money as they can even below expectations now you got more than that you got billions of dollars flowing in every month and then the next step is how do you maximize well barclays madison square garden but also the new ubs arena city field yankee stadium uh you know uh, new era field or whatever it's now called in in buffalo the bottom line is there is no reason that can't happen legally procedurally and when you look at europe right what stadium and arena doesn't have that opportunity the wizards and capitals and the leonces family were visionary mavericks when they did it two years ago now chase field stadiums arenas in arizona are doing it cavaliers as we just said again no reason not to have people do it although some would argue look you can have mobile betting on your screens and then why would you even want to do it in a stadium where you can watch the game anyway the answer is more opportunity for more money that's the answer that's always the answer as the coral sports professor lays it out right now so rick we have 2023 super bowl odds available for next year's super bowl in glendale arizona we were together in los angeles for super bowl 56 between the rams and the Bengals. it was a record-setting day for the amount of wagers played on super bowl sunday what did some of those numbers look like and what can we expect already entering next nfl season 75 million people they said unbelievable when you take a look at what the numbers will be the guys from FanDuel we had on our On the Record show, which will debut in earnest this week and next week, shameless plug. We've had all of the industry talk about how this was an inflection point. This was a turning point because now this was the first post-pandemic activation Super Bowl 
where people could actually feel free betting. And, and boy, they did. The numbers, as we said, were off the charts. Now everybody says, well, February's in a bit of a gap. Well, of course it is. Not too many people are betting the, uh, you know, over and under on the NBA All-Star game, nor NASCAR. But wait for March Madness. People are talking oh. about how that will set all kinds of records in New Orleans. And before, as no, 30 states become 36, become 40. And my sense is that by this time next year, when you and I are talking, we may have over 40 states. And over 80% of the country will have the ability to bet mobile betting. It is tremendous. I was thinking of filibustering all the way to the end and, and, and cutting you out, but go I'll ahead. just shut up and let you Take no, us to let break. You masterfully go. Well, yeah, by Take the us way, Ben Stevens and all of you guys, really important. When we come back, much more from the world of Sports Grid and Ben Stevens. Bye. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. A huge weekend awaits in college basketball. The second to last, the penultimate, as Donnie Wrightside would say, weekend for most high major conferences around college hoops. That means some of the mid-majors have their conference tournaments starting just next week because, believe it or not, Tuesday is March 1st. That means the month of madness is already underway. But as we have seen over the last couple of nights in college basketball, the madness is already beginning. You could go last night to Champaign, Illinois for a top 25 Big Ten tilt between number 22 Ohio State and number 15 Illinois. The madness was popping out in the neck and forehead veins of Brad Underwood, the head coach of the fighting line. I ejected in that second half with under six and a half minutes remaining, but it actually spurred on an Illinois comeback. The Illini were down by 12 points at that time and then rallied in that second half to make it a basketball game. Went on an 18 to eight run following the ejection of Brad Underwood, but it was Ohio State holding on for dear life in a great performance performance from Malachi Branham to lead Ohio State to an 86-83 victory. The Buckeyes winning outright as a seven-point underdog. A huge win for Ohio State, who has now won two straight games. And here's the thing about uh, Ohio State. They have covered in their last four wins in an eight of their last ten games overall. They have won outright in their last two games, booked as an underdog against Michigan and then on the road last night against the Illini. Illinois, meanwhile, only covering three times in their last 11 games. It was a huge moment for Illinois to try to keep pace in the Big Ten title standings, and that was something Illinois unable to do last night in Champaign, which sets up a huge weekend across the Big Ten Conference and two huge road tests for the two teams tied atop the Big Ten standings. That would be Purdue 
and Wisconsin, also Purdue and Wisconsin, play each other on Tuesday night in Madison, a game that might decide the Big Ten regular season title winner. But first, on Saturday, Purdue on the road against Michigan State. Now, MSU has lost five of their last six games. They have only covered once in their last seven games. Purdue has won three straight, but has not covered in four straight and has only covered twice in their last eight games. Purdue has been booked as a favorite in 11 straight games as well. And although no odds are out yet for the weekend, this is where we trust in the bright mind, in the bright college basketball mind of Kenneth Pomeroy, who predicts results and outcomes for games all season long, which are eerily similar to what the closing numbers tend to be for any given college basketball game. And right now, Ken Palm predicts a two-point Purdue win on the road with a total probably somewhere in the high 140s or low 150s. So Michigan State struggling right now. Purdue has been good, but not covering numbers as a favorite. I don't expect the Boilermakers to be booked as an underdog, but the one time they were also on the road in Champaign, they won outright. Michigan State as an underdog, three and four against the number, not covering by an average margin of about three points per game. Joining us now here on the morning after to break down some college basketball entering this huge weekend slate, it is Kai McEwen, one of the three men for the three-man weave, covering all things college hoops, also giving some college hoops handicapping for the field of 68 and the Action Network as well. Kai, thank you for joining us on this Friday right here on the morning after. If I'm not mistaken, were you in attendance last night at the State Farm Center in Champaign? I was indeed, Ben, and I'm, I'm calling you from the hotel in Champaign, so I apologies for any uh, uh, issues here we have with the connection. I mean, that's live reporting right there. We need people on the scene, and that right. is what Kai McEwen is presenting to us today on this Friday. So a wonderful game last night between Illinois and Ohio State. That was electric coming down the home stretch following the ejection of Brad Underwood. What were some of your main takeaways from Ohio State's upset victory on the road in Champaign? Yeah, uh, the technical was uh, pretty justified, you know, for, for Underwood. I don't blame him. Kofi was getting hacked all night inside. On the other end, he was getting ticky-tack fouls called on him. Uh, it seemed like the refs kind of had an agenda against the big man, which can happen occasionally when you're seven feet tall, you weigh 400 pounds. But even in the post-game presser, Underwood wasn't quite over it uh, the way Kofi was refed. But takeaways in terms of players, Malachi Branham, the freshman for Ohio State, mm. is absolutely incredible, had 31 points. Brad Underwood called him the best player in the Big Ten in the postgame presser. Not E.J. Liddell, Malachi Brandon. So uh, Ohio State needed a high-scoring guard for the tournament. They found one in Branham. Uh, th that's going to be a very dangerous team going forward. Kai, it looked like Malachi Brandon was going to run away with the Big Ten freshman of the year. He might be playing himself onto the first team in the Big Ten Conference, a league chock full of some of the best individual talent we have seen in college basketball. I wanted Brad Underwood to be unejected, to just get re-ejected after that fifth foul call on Kofi Coburn that was just absolute garbage. When you're 7'1", 400 pounds, as Kai McEwen just said, more like 290, you don't get called for little hand checks. 
That mm -hmm. was tough. But I was breaking down the Big Ten title race, Kai. Illinois had factored into it for most of the year. There's still an outside shot for the Illini, but really it comes down to a two-team race between Purdue and Wisconsin, both on the road this weekend. The Boilermakers in East Lansing against Michigan State. Wisconsin goes to a place nobody wants to play right now, Piscataway, New Jersey, against Rutgers inside the rack. Who do you think has the harder test this weekend? Uh, it's got to be Wisconsin. You know, as you said, the rack is a house of horrors for, for anybody, uh, especially Big Ten teams. I guess not Lafayette in the non-conference. Uh, that was a strange <laughs> win. <laughs> but Rutgers has gotten back after that. They, they obviously look like a tournament-caliber team right now. And I'm not sure you can say the same about Michigan State. Uh, that team is in disarray. I don't love the talent in that roster. They, they significantly lack guard play. Uh, that's a team on the decline. So I'd much rather be going to East Lansing this weekend than Piscataway. Yeah, Michigan State has lost five of their last six. Rutgers at home when booked as an underdog, a perfect 6-0 and straight up. Wow. That means six outright winners for the Scarlet Knights at home. So outside of the Big Ten, a huge game in the Big 12 as well. In Waco, Texas tomorrow, Baylor and Kansas. What can we expect from a second showdown between the Jayhawks and the Baylor Bears this year? Yeah, I, I'm worried about Baylor's personnel, right? Uh, they're, they're big man. Uh, his name's tough to pronounce. Chamwa Chachua, I believe, is what it is. Mm. But JTT is what we call him. Uh, him going down with that knee injury, it's huge, especially against David McCormick, one of the biggest players in college basketball in Kansas. And also, Baylor has issues with their guards, their, their personnel, uh, uh, injury-wise. LJ Cryer, their leading scorer, missed last game. Uh, Kenjo was out in and out of the lineup a while back. Adam Flagler was as well. So I'm worried about Baylor's personnel because Kansas looks more and more now like a dominant one seed type going into the NCAA tournament. I sort of lean towards Kansas here, um, even though these two teams always are, are surefire, great close games. And Kansas blew out Baylor in their first meeting in Lawrence, winning 83-59. But Kai, I think you bring up a great point. KU right now has won four straight. They have covered in three straight. They have been booked as a favorite in every game this year. And when favorites are expected to win in conference action and are covering numbers, it's a good indication of what the ceiling of that certain team might be. Just pull the Fran for Schiller, by the way, for JTT and call him Everyday John. He doesn't even try to pronounce the last name there for Baylor's big man who will miss the rest of this season. So from the Big 12 to the SEC, two huge top 20 showdowns in the Southeastern Conference as well. Number six, Kentucky visits Bud Walton Arena and number 18, Arkansas. Right now, Kai, the Hogs, one of the hottest teams in all of college basketball. Can they keep up this success against a very good side in Kentucky tomorrow? I kind of think they can. And Bud Walton's one of the toughest places to play in the country. Year in, year out, Arkansas is tough at home. And Kentucky, we talked about personnel issues for Baylor. Kentucky's been missing severe Wheeler. Ty Ty Washington, two of their best players, two mm -hmm. of their best guards and ball handlers. That's scary going into a hostile environment uh, like Arkansas, a team that pressures you. Um, so I am a little bit concerned for Kentucky going into there. I would not be surprised if Arkansas gets another major SEC win. And they have covered in 12 of their last 13 games as well, have the Razorbacks. Great inside Bud Walton Arena, only one home loss 
so far this year. Number three, Auburn goes on the road. Not a great spot for the Tigers visiting Knoxville. And number 17, Tennessee. Ken Palm predicts a victory for the Vols over the number three team in the country. What does Kai McEwen think? Yeah, I, I can see it because Auburn's been terrible on the road. Um, so I'm a Mizzou hmm. alum, uh, despite being here in Champaign. But my Mizzou Tigers almost beat Auburn when they came to Columbia, which is a bad sign for, for Auburn. And also, they almost lost to Georgia on the road as well. So they're vulnerable on the road, despite being a one seed, despite being what I think a, a legit national title contender. Something's up with them when they go away from Auburn. And, and Tennessee is, uh, is a very good basketball team, as we saw against Kentucky. So I'm leaning towards the Vols there. Auburn just three and six against the number on the road this year for one of the best covering teams in all of college basketball. Road splits, not great for Bruce Pearl's team. Kai McEwen for Three Man Weave joining us live from Champaign, Illinois, following a huge upset victory for Ohio State over the Illini last night. Kai, thank you so much for your time and joining us here on a Friday. Thanks, Ben. And if you're keeping track at home, that's now two of the three of the Three Man Weave. Jim Root. Kai McEwen, now we need Matt Cox to join us here to complete the entire trifecta here on the morning after. Plenty more to come entering this weekend of college hoops around the country and an early look at how you should start to handicap the madness coming up in the month of March, coming up next here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time to attempt to beat the bracket right here on the morning after on Sports Grid on this Friday in Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. The end of February is near. There are just four more days in this month. Today, Friday the 25th. Tomorrow, Saturday the 26th. Follow me here. Sunday the 27th. Monday the 28th. And then Tuesday. Set your alarms. Midnight Eastern time begins the month of the madness, otherwise known as March. Just two more weekends left in the regular season of college basketball for many of the high major conferences around the country. But next week, the postseason begins for some of those mid-majors, the smaller leagues that will be playing in their conference tournaments, where the winner of that conference tournament might get the only bid into the NCAA tournament. Right now, we look at the top of the crop, though. The best odds to reach the Final Four on the FanDuel Sportsbook because there is an idea that when it comes to the madness, you remember all of the upsets and the Cinderella stories and the deep runs into the tournament. But at the end of the day, when you're either placing your bracket and figuring out who you want or making bets by the time we get to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and Final Four... The number one seeds are the number one seeds for the reason. So let's keep this odds board up here for a moment. These are the four best odds to reach the final four right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is incredible to see any team 
especially the Gonzaga Bulldogs, with a minus money price to reach the Final Four at this moment. This is no shot against the Zags. This is not me questioning their NCAA tournament success. In their last six trips, they have reached two Final Fours, two Elite Eights, and two National Championship games as well. Two Sweet Sixteens, two Elite Eights, and two National Championship games. Let me clarify. But for any team to be minus money to reach the Final Four is a wild proposition. Then you see Kentucky at plus 145. Their odds to reach the Final Four getting better in this week in a big win for Kentucky in rallying fashion over LSU during the midweek slate. Arizona, plus 160. Arizona rallying yesterday on the road in Salt Lake, knocking off the Utah Utes. And then Purdue, who had the week off to get refreshed for a weekend visit to East Lansing, the fourth best price at plus 195. Now, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Arizona's prices have all gotten better just this week. Purdue slightly longer from plus 180 on Tuesday to plus 195 as we wake up on this Friday morning. We'll get to the two line next, but let's focus on what would be the one line as the FanDuel Sportsbook sees it right now. We're going to start in two areas here as a way of handicapping the madness and looking at March Madness overall, either from your bracket perspective or as you start to lay individual wagers or future wagers, as you can see here, to reach the Final Four or maybe even win a national championship. So if you remember, last Saturday, we got the early bracket reveal from the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. This was the fifth time the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee gave us a reveal of the top 16 seeds in the country as they see it right now. At least the fifth time that led to an NCAA tournament because, of course, in 2020, we had no big dance. So in the previous four NCAA tournament bracket reveals, teams on the one line have won a national championship. So let's go over that. The four number one seeds in the early bracket reveal this past Saturday were Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, and Kansas. Again, on the number one line, as the selection committee saw it this past Saturday, Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, Kansas. The four number one seeds projected out to the NCAA tournament. In the previous four times the committee did this, three of the four number one seeds in the early reveal in February held to be the number one seeds by the time we got to Selection Sunday in the middle of March. That means in each of the past four times, three of the four early reveal number one seeds remained number one seeds by the conclusion of the college basketball regular and conference tournament seasons. That is very, very key for your handicapping. And then in each of the last four early bracket reveals, the team to win the national championship by the end of the NCAA tournament came from that one line. The last four years we have done this that have led to an NCAA tournament one of these four number one seeds in the early reveal eventually won the national championship. And again, the number one seeds this year, Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, and Kentucky. So then let's take that and go look at the national championship odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Because as history would indicate, and as the trends would say, one of these four teams, Arizona, Auburn, Kansas, and Gonzaga, is going to win the national championship. Gonzaga is the favorite to do so at plus 380. 
Kentucky was the highest number two seed in the early tournament reveal. They are plus 700 with the second best price. There's Arizona at plus 750, and Kansas and Auburn are both 12 to 1. Could you then make an argument that 12 to 1 on both KU and Auburn presents a ton of value given the historical trends of the early tournament reveal? I would say so because in each of the four years we have had an early tournament reveal, the number one seeds, four of them, the national champion has come from that crop of four. That is a very interesting thing. Now, as we go back to the final four and we go back to the number one seeds as the FanDuel Sportsbook sees it, or at least the four best odds currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, those teams would be Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Purdue. Now let's start to handicap how the madness plays out. Again, we all remember the Cinderella's. We all remember the runs to the NCAA tournaments for the likes of George Mason or the high seeds like Oral Roberts last year or UCLA even as a number 11 seed from the first four to the final four. But those are outliers, statistically speaking. Let's dive into the metrics. Since the NCAA tournament field expanded to at least 64 teams, now at 68 with those playing games, but since it expanded to 64 teams in 1985, of the 36 national champions since 1985, 23 of the 36 were number one seeds. 11 of the past 14 winners also came from the one line. However... That being said, it is not just chalk that wins the day in the madness. You have only seen one Final Four since the tournament field expanded in 1985 in which all four teams in the Final Four were all number one seeds. That happened back in 2008. But again, that being said, since 1985, 59 number one seeds total have reached the Final Four. 59 number one seeds there has been 60 combined two three and four seeds reached the final four so just number one seeds by themselves as opposed to the other seeds in that top four almost the same number 59 number one seeds 60 number two number three number four seeds combined reaching the final four and again we pull up those odds to look at the top four odds right now to reach the final four with gonzaga at minus 115 kentucky at plus 145 these are the national championship odds that you can see and the markets are correlated the four best prices right there are the four best prices to reach the final four as well gonzaga at minus 115 a minus money price which is bonkers given the randomness of an ncaa tournament kentucky plus 145 arizona plus 160 and purdue plus 195 but again number one seeds reach the final four so you might want to pick upsets early on round of 64 round of 32 the cinderella 12 seed that's going to upset the number five seed a 14 seed you love from a mid-major conference going to beat a bad three seed that was struggling down the home stretch sure but by the time you get to the elite eight In the final four, when your brackets pay out at a bigger rate and the points add up more for value, and then you're betting individual outcomes for the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and the final four, number one seeds are number one seeds for a reason. Remember that, because 60 number one seeds since the tournament field expanded in 1985 have reached the final four, or 59 number one seeds, rather, have reached the final four. So that 
is where the money is made later on in the NCAA tournament. So the madness might be crazy, but the best teams are the best teams for a reason in college basketball. And when you look at those four best prices to reach the Final Four right now with Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Purdue, all four of those teams rank in the Ken Palm Top 15. Purdue actually has the lowest rating in the KP Top 15. They are 13th overall, the first most efficient offense in the country, but the 118th defensive efficiency metric, which is not great. And we'll get to that in a little bit as well. Some great knowledge that you can base the Ken Palm ratings off of that help you handicap your bracket even more. But we're not just going to talk about the chalky number one seeds. We can also look at the two line right now as it stands on the FanDuel Sportsbook because Auburn, who was part of those number one seeds in the early bracket reveal, and Kansas are right below what would be the one line based on the best odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Auburn is plus 240. Kansas is plus 260. Duke right behind at plus 300. And then both Baylor and Villanova are the same price at plus 400. Auburn and Kansas were one seeds in the early reveal. Again, Auburn and Kansas are 12 to 1 to win the NCAA tournament itself in a national championship. In the past four seasons, we have had an early bracket reveal. The national champion came from the early reveals one line in which Auburn and Kansas were both a part of. So there is also some value for these two seeds or the next best odds outside of the top four on the FanDuel Sportsbook to reach the final four. Then let's go even bigger picture. Let's look at the value finds and maybe some areas based on some teams playing basketball right now that we can find some good prices on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's begin with Texas Tech. I will say this. Personally, I am already invested on the Red Raiders at this plus 550 price. Texas Tech has been absolutely phenomenal here as of late. Texas Tech has, believe, I believe, won four straight basketball games. But more importantly than that, Texas Tech has covered in 10 of their last 11. And when we look at Texas Tech right now, they are the best cover team in the entire country coming from a high major perspective. Texas Tech is 19-8 and eight against the number this year. That is, excuse me, 20-8 and eight against the number this year. That is the third best cover percentage in all of college basketball. So at plus 550, I believe Texas Tech presents some value, and I am already in on the Red Raiders at that number. But let's also go through the rest of this board to find some more value here. Houston, a team that reached the Elite Eight last year, plus 750 to reach the Final Four this year. UConn is certainly trending in a very positive direction. 14-1 to right now to reach the Final Four. UConn has the makeup, you would think, of a roster construction to make the Final Four, to be a team to have a deep run in the NCAA tournament. A big man underneath in Adama Sinogo, a guard in R.J. Cole, speed in Andre Jackson. Look out for UConn, who is getting hot at the right time down this home stretch of the regular season and maybe in the Big East tournament as well. Loyola was included on that line, and we know the Ramblers have played very well in NCAA tournaments past 30 to 1 to reach the final four right now. We will continue our handicapping of college hoops and the bracket over the next couple of weeks. We round out hour number two up next here on TMA. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. We close out our number two of this Friday TMA in the same way we always do. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, as I mentioned, and watching all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. To round out our number two, to enter the weekend, whether it's college football or college basketball, it is time for the Jack Cap of the Week. The Jack Weinberger handicap of your college hoop slate. Jack, a former intern here on the morning after, now an associate producer for the Spiz Grizz, handicaps college basketball games like nobody else out in the industry. Nobody handicaps college basketball like Jack. And there are some dandies across the slate this weekend. And Jack is focusing on the Big 12. A top 10 tilt in Waco tomorrow between number 10 Baylor hosting number five, Kansas. As Jack sees this game, he tells me he was scrolling through his camera roll yesterday trying to find a picture, and he stumbled upon an old photo that he took a couple of years ago when a bear got onto the front yard of his home in New Jersey. He thought to himself, looking at that photo once again, geez, you imagine how hard it would be taking down a pack of bears? The only thing harder than taking down a pack of bears once would be doing it twice which means Baylor gets their revenge over Kansas at home tomorrow the Bears should be a slight favorite at home the first time KU will have been booked as an underdog all year Jack says no matter lay the points with the Baylor Bears and if I may add on to the Jack cap because I know he would want me to do that we are getting fired up tomorrow night in Providence Rhode Island at the dunk Creighton visits Providence, and the Friars have an opportunity to claim their first Big East regular season title in program history with a win over the Creighton Blue Jays. I thought we were going to have to lay double digits. It's only a forecasted five-and-a-half, six-point spread. Lay it with the Friars, and that's the Jack Cap of the weekend. Hour number three, up next here on The Grid. The Grid. 